0: Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that are looking to build strong companies, sales VPs and sales managers that are looking to take things to the next level, and of course, our salespeople that are looking to improve. This podcast is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past? but we're unable to make it stick? Well, the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth. Learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. Today's podcast is part of our sales leaders talk sales series. I know as always a lot of S's and we talk to sales leaders about the lessons they've learned. This series is all about encouraging growth development and what we here at CFS like to call a personal breakthrough. This is Rebecca Toomey and today I have the pleasure of talking to Doug Hack. He is the chief relationship I'm sorry, the Chief Client Relationship Officer at Cornerstone Advisors, a Seattle-based wealth management firm. And Doug is also the proud user of a Criteria for Success sales playbook, now known as Calavia, for those of you listening in. And he's a sales leader with so much wisdom. So, Doug, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Rebecca, for having me.
0: I'm really excited for our conversation, and so I want to just go ahead and start, Doug, if you wanted to expand a little bit more about who you are and what you do before we jump into some of the other questions, I would love for you to share that with our audience.
1: Would love to. So for the audience, my role, I wear a couple of hats. Uh, First, it's a dual role in that Uh, I serve in making sure that our client managers, so the folks that serve our clients, have all the tools to provide an extraordinary client service experience. And then the second thing is lead all our efforts in bringing on more clients to Cornerstone. So those are the two hats that I wear.
0: Awesome. It sounds like you have a really fun job.
1: I love my job and I love working with people, which is the main thing that I do. I see my role as unleashing our talents uh, on tap potential so they could live out awesome careers here at Cornerstone. So we have about 40 client facing members on our team. And it's truly both an honor and a challenge and an opportunity. Uh, in making a real impact in their lives
0: that's amazing and you know i love that about your title too doug that it's in your title that you are relationship it's right in the title relationship officer because that's so important in sales right i mean it's the most important thing that that we're doing if we're not cultivating real relationships then what do we really have right
1: yes that's you know one of the things i would share one of our kind of taglines of many taglines that we have is that when we're sitting down with clients we share with them that we invest in long-term relationships and Mm -hmm. so hence the title chief client relationship officer Mm -hmm. we also share that internally in that we invest in long-term relationship with our colleagues and we that's so important to us and that many firms take the approach, and I think it's a good good approach, putting the client first. We've taken a little different perspective, and that is putting our colleagues and employees first, and that we know that if we really invest in them, develop their talents, that that care uh, will come out in how we serve clients, because they'll see that we have a dedicated team in servicing them.
0: So. Absolutely, That's fantastic, and that's such a great tip for our CEOs and sales managers that are listening in as well. Well, awesome. Yeah. I let's, what a great way to start this, start this uh, episode off. <laughs> now I want to also kind of go through your history a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about your history in sales and business development and how your career has evolved?
1: Be glad to. Uh, it's been, it was a uh, little interesting start to my career in that the first 10 years of my career, I actually was not in sales at all. I happened to have been in the naval service, so I was a naval officer, and so oh, wow. myself and my, you know, my family, we lived overseas and uh, was on ships around the world. and. It got to the point we had a young family and had a family conversation where it would be nice uh, to be home and raising our kids. So I celebrate all the people and I'm so grateful for all the people that are in the service and continue to be in the service uh, for all the sacrifices they make for the country.
0: That's amazing. Uh, I I have to ask you, Doug, what did you do?
1: So I was what was called a surface warfare officer. And that means that you were I was on board a cruiser and a frigate, and those are two types of naval ships and mm-hmm. like the Navy, you would go and go on a deployment for anywhere from three to six months, and you would leave your port and sail around the uh, Mediterranean or the Atlantic or the Pacific and um, you know. Control and do those things that you did that you see in the news these days. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. That's it, so interesting to me. Uh, my grandfather was actually in the Navy. He was in the Navy for his entire career, and he worked on a naval on naval ships. He was a mechanic. Oh. Yeah, so okay. it was very interesting to hear you say that. Um, I wish that I understood more about what my grandpa did um, uh, when he was still with us so that I could have that conversation mm-hmm. with him. You know, I, I just was too young to understand it back then. But it's it's really it really is a crazy lifestyle. I can tell you that my mom reports back. You know, her dad would be gone for six months, four months. You know, long periods of time, and they moved a lot. And so, I, I definitely I can see where you're coming from <laughs> with the yeah. wanting to have a more stable stable life. So let's yeah. pick up from there.
1: So taking up from there, and so back in. Uh, 94, we moved back to the Seattle area where both my wife and I and our families are from and ended up uh, applying for a beginning sales position in the financial services industry nice. at a company called Oldie. And I was very fortunate that a firm took a chance on me because I had no sales experience, uh, worked there for a number of years and kind of became that proverbial big fish in a small pond and then I moved uh, to another firm called Smith Barney and one of the things that was I noticed in the industry was that we had really high turnover and it seemed to be an oddity that you would hire all these salespeople and then they weren't making it and it was because nobody was investing in them so ever since you know when I first started, I always took other people under my wing to develop them and coach and, and train them. And that's where I um, really developed my skill set. And awesome. so back in 97, I joined Smith Barney. I was fortunate to be selected for their management program and became a branch manager and worked there for a number of years up till uh, 2010. And then in 2010, um, I transitioned. It was a little uh, adversity, but we had the financial crisis and in 2010, I lost my position. And so I applied at this firm called Cornerstone (laughs) and was very fortunate that they, at that same time, were growing and had an opportunity to, and they were looking for even more growth and have been there for the last eight years uh, being the servant leader for our client-facing team and, and serving clients and adding new clients.
0: Awesome. Well, I love that. Cornerstone, obviously, uh, CFS and Cornerstone have been good friends for a number of years now, and we really respect you guys and what you do. And we just I got, you you know, um, we get updates on what you guys are doing with your playbook and things of that nature. And I just love to see what you guys are doing so this is awesome um and keep at it with the relationships too and i i the mentorship uh part of what you said really stuck out to me and how it really you realized that there was an issue within the industry and that kind of helping other people mentoring those around you i'm sure it helped you just as much as it helped the person that you were mentoring too
1: Uh, That's a very accurate statement. Uh, (laughs) We found, and coaching and developing people is so important to us here at Cornerstone. And one of the interesting things in this whole process, and it's been even brought out even more so with working with criteria for success, is this idea that when you have um, peers coaching one another, it actually makes everybody better.
0: Absolutely. So,
2: Absolutely. And what, <laughs>
1: yeah. And what's interesting, when we have an open mind, the person that's coaching somebody actually grows, and we have numbers to document this. That's why it's so fascinating, is that they grow at a faster pace than the person they're coaching. Yep. Yeah. We, we see it in our sales numbers and the client additions. Uh, the coaches actually bring on... Larger clients than they ever did before. Wow. Uh, and more of them. So there's
0: a lot of different there's a lot of different factors that go into that. I'm sure, but I I know f- yep. from my own personal experience that when I am in a position where I'm coaching another person and I'm responsible for mentoring someone else, I have to be that much more on my own stuff. You know, I have to be on my own schedule, my own you know, making sure that I'm time blocking things that I'm. Making sure everything I'm telling someone else to do, I'm first doing, and I think that in and of itself is one of the first motivators and that you know that that first driver that's pushing for mentors to become more successful. It, in, 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 I don't know how else to say it. It kind of um, what's the word? It's kind of like you're for you're forcing yourself. To do to you know to, to back up what you're saying right you know you got to do what you say you're gonna do and say what you say I, I I'm botching yep. this
1: <laughs> yep. no you do you're, you're saying it very well and that is <laughs> that it's a natural human behavior and that's a lot of the things that we do in our playbook um, and our process here is that we back it all up with science it's a natural human behavior so When you know that we're hardwired to do certain things, and if you know what those things are, one of those things that you described is that when we're holding ourselves out to being an expert as something, um, you're gonna go back and make sure that you perform really well at that. And so that's what coaching, peer-to-peer coaching is all about. So if I celebrate someone and say, Sue is an expert at this, and then Sue's gonna work with you on that. Between my saying that and the next time that Sue meets with that person that she's coaching, Sue is gonna spend some time elevating her game yet again to a new level so that she could be of service to someone else. And so we're very big on serving our clients and serving one another. And the way that you do that is by adding value to people's lives. And so as a coach, you always need to be reading and developing and adding new tools into your toolbox, we use that analogy, because you can't keep giving the same hammer to somebody. Once they've learned how to use the hammer, if you give them a hammer for every single thing, then they'll get frustrated and you're not adding value. So my role in all of that is, so we utilize peer-to-peer coaching, which is one of the most important things that we learned from Criteria for Success. We started it um, with Charles and Elizabeth very early on and we set up the coaching um, and it's been very successful and so my role in all of that is to coach the coaches. So, uh, and we've had also continued along that line by having uh, professionals that know how to coach and we've relied on their coaching as well to teach the coaches. So we've mm-hmm. had outside resources from Blue Point, which is another organization, and Gallup uh, to help coach ourselves so we can coach even better.
0: Awesome. So that is sounds like that is a cornerstone of cornerstone is coaching, is. right? I love yes, it. Yes.
1: develop. Yep, developing people. And and that's another thing that I would share for, regardless of somebody's role, if you're on this phone call, is that um, what you're, we use Outlook Calendar, I think uh, a a large portion of people do. What's on your calendar demonstrates to people what is important to you. Um, I live by the adage and read it, is that if you could show me somebody's checkbook in their Outlook Calendar, I could tell you where they're gonna be three to five years from now. Interesting. because it shows yeah. you what's important to you where you're yeah. spending your time your energy your emotion your financial capital and so if you look at my outlook calendar you're going to see two to four hours a day that's coaching coaches and coaching other people and role practicing
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's very important
0: that's awesome. And you're really working on that. And, it, and it's improving what you're doing. And it's also improving what your team is doing. So that's, I love that. I'm so glad that we took the time to talk about this today.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. I'm going to switch gears on you now. Okay. I'm, yep. This was kind of, not serious necessarily, but I'm a big fan of humor. I like to hear funny things. And I was wondering if you had a funny sales story to share with us.
1: A funny sales story you know uh, we all
0: have that one thing that happens to us that's just so funny or weird that we just have to tell everybody about it
1: <laughs> well well i'll share you two uh anecdotes i'll tell I'll, I'll share a story it's not it's a service story and service is very important we feel uh, by the way that service and sales are the same thing they're on a They're on that same continuum Mm -hmm. and that people that serve clients really well, all sales is, is relating to some new individual, how well you add value and serve somebody in their lives. So Mm -hmm. we had this funny story. So we're very engaged with our clients. We meet with them regularly. And this is very apropos for any professional service organization, company, CPAs, attorneys, financial service folks. I'm pretty sure it's for any sales organization is to really understand and know your clients and serve them really well so uh, our team of our uh, client facing team was visiting a widow um, who just recently lost her her husband and they were visiting down in Arizona and we we had Cornerstone we're a wealth management firm as you shared but we take care of all aspects of our clients lives so we want to be the first phone call Regardless of the question, we have the Rolodex, the resources uh, to take care of folks um, as they go through life. And so one of the things that this person brought up is that her husband had a gun and she didn't want it. And so she said, could you take care of this? And (laughs) our team said, we'll take care of that for you. Well, I guess our team had seen too many movies because we found out that as they were leaving the person's house, they drove over a bridge and they threw this gun in the water. Oh, and no. so oh, no. I guess they saw too many movies where you shoot <laughs> people and then you throw the gun in the water. So we thought they would have brought it to like a police department or someplace else. Uh huh. And so that was the Yeah, that oh, was like no. uh, let's Wait, do that one who ahead. threw
0: the gun away? So they actually
1: well, our client manager threw okay. it in the river.
0: So th- yeah. she's like, "Can you can you get rid of this thing for me?" And they're like, "All right, sure. Let's toss yeah. it in." The- oh my gosh, so that kind of like is a mob funny. Movie. Take,
1: take care of this gun. That
0: yeah. I love that. That is a funny story, and that's now one I'm going to remember too. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you're listening, don't throw guns in the river. Probably. Yeah. Right.
0: We, I'm sure we have a couple listeners that are like, oh, "What river was that? What yeah. bridge was that?"
1: so the the other thing in general though that i would share is that it's really we it's important not to take this whole thing of life or business development or sales um so seriously it we we inject a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. one of the things that um i have a habit when i know because i also see our team's calendars, and they share with me things that are going on, and we're role practicing, so I know when a big meeting is coming up, a big op- opportunity. And one of the things that I've read and i practice practiced is that it's very important in that day of, before that team heads in to meet with that prospect, to either do two things, one or two things, and that is to inject some fun and levity, or two, love and confidence within that relationship
0: that's amazing and that's such a great way to look at it too and and you're right about not taking it too seriously i know that many times salespeople can you know they they're focused on getting the deal signed right or you know i I need to make my quote i need to make my numbers and when you take it back and you step back a couple steps and and kind of don't look at it from that perspective and instead how can I create an impactful relationship today it really changes your perspective on things and it allows you to be gentler and to be kinder to other people around you because honestly who's going to want to build a relationship with somebody whose only focus is on closing you you know and trying tactics and not being a real human being that you can relate to so I I definitely love that your focus is on the relationship and adding value to the life of your clients.
2: Yeah. So yeah, with, that, go, yeah.
0: with that said, do you have a claim to fame in your field, <laughs> you know, kind of a specialty or something that you're known for?
1: You know, it's, I, w- I would share it's what we've talked a lot on this uh, podcast, and, and that is uh, my ability to develop wildly successful advisors.
2: Awesome.
1: Um, and... It's something that I was passionate about three decades ago and still am. And the, and not only for advisors, but now within our firm, we have 80 people in our firm. Uh, I'm sought out by our other executives to coach and develop people on their team as well. Uh, and so that that, I would say, is my, my claim to fame. <laughs> I focus more on developing people, and that's my definite purpose in life right now, is coaching and developing others. I kind of do it in the hat of being this chief client relationship officer, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, what's fascinating is using the, the framework of the playbook, you now have the tools and tactics and techniques the development of people is really creating that mindset of abundance, curiosity, and growth. And then when they apply all these other things that's in the playbook, people become wildly successful. So that's my my claim to fame.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I love that. That's a great claim to fame to have. And for our listeners, if you are struggling and you know, you really would love some advice or tips from somebody, I am sure that Doug would be happy to answer your questions. So feel free to jump to our show notes to learn a little bit more about Doug. And you can find those at criteria slash pod 105. I can't believe we're on episode 105. And this month, we're actually focused on coaching and mentoring and being an advisor. So this conversation, Doug, you're really, you're really on point here. And focusing on the heart of of really what is important this month for us um and it's not the only important thing but that's something that something that we personally believe is is very important to any sales organization or any organization in general having a mentorship program for people and coaching in general
1: yeah
2: definitely
0: okay now i i have to ask you kind of a off the cuff question: Since we're talking about leadership and being a mentor, what do you, what do you think that it takes to be a leader or a mentor? Can anyone be a leader or a mentor?
1: That's an interesting question, it and is. my answer, <laughs> yes, it is. And philosophically, and I've I've heard lots of different uh, theories on this. I do believe that we all have the talents to be successful um, as a leader and or a mentor. Mm -hmm. They are are different things. Um, The question to ask oneself is, who is it that I want to be? What impact Mm -hmm. do I want to have? And then is one willing to make the commitment to invest in themselves, to develop the personal awareness and self-discipline, to develop those those behaviors, attitudes, and activities that represent that type of a behavior as a leader or a, a mentor. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, we all come into this world with certain biases and talents, and over time, with our our parents or the figures that were really important in our lives, and we've developed certain talents we have natural tendency on things that we yearn to do or learn to do or we learn to do really effectively or things that we do when we're in flow i mean some people are just really great at doing certain things mm-hmm. uh, if they could learn to be better and people that don't have those natural tendencies they could learn as well and that's one of the other things that to focus on is that we also uh, recognize and we use different tools, like the disc, um, to understand people's natural behaviors and tendencies, and then to build on those strengths. Because um, if you're building on something that people are strong at, you're going to have more success than if you're trying to elevate a real weakness.
0: Definitely. I love that you mentioned DISC here. That's such a great point. Um, For those of you listening in, I'm not sure if you tuned in for the webinar that we had a couple months back, but Elizabeth here at CFS, who's awesome. She did a webinar on how to use behavioral styles, which is DISC um, or the DISC assessment, D I -S S C to sell more. And it was such a great webinar because she was able to really help people take them, who they are as a person, understand who you are, but then also understand who the other person is. Because there's two people in any given relationship, right? And you have to understand how the other person functions just as much as you understand yourself. And it's not until we begin to understand ourselves that we can really understand other people. So there's a lot of kind of, um, there's a lot of self-reflection that goes into Taking a disc assessment, being aware of your your you know your where you fall on the disc wheel, and what motivates you, what demotivates you, and kind of allowing yourself to get ahead of you, because we're the one person that gets in our own way most of the time, right?
1: Correct. <laughs> now, Rebecca, we use the disc assessment in profile mm-hmm. in three different ways. One, we use it, um, and we do this all through Elizabeth. We use it as a selection tool.
0: Yes, for we found hiring. That Perfect. Yes, for
1: hiring. Mm-hmm. We use it as a development tool, and then we use it in the development is for for coaching and for getting more sales. And then we also use it when we're trying to figure out the best uh, team to serve our clients. We use it there because we try to figure out what type of a communicator or assessment we don't give the clients the DISC assessment. But you know from the behaviors, mm-hmm. what quadrant they would be in, yep. what would be a good match uh, for how they like to be communicated with. Do they want to be direct or are they a passive type of uh, communicator? Uh, all these different things that we utilize. So we use it that way and it's been very effective for us to do that it
0: definitely is it's funny that you say the way that you said whatever you just did you triggered something that happened earlier today which was i was responding to a client's email and i wanted to give more information because i have a tendency to do that i can give too much sometimes and it you know just doesn't always make sense and i was asking elizabeth for some advice i said i you know i'm responding do you think that i should include you know this and this, And she said, "I know I know that person. I know how they function. They like short emails, cut everything you said down to four sentences. And that coaching was so helpful for me because I'm coming from it from coming at it from my own personality, right? Which is, oh, it's better to give too much than not enough. But having the understanding of who that person was, you know, she was approaching it from his perspective treat him how he wants to be treated not how you would want someone to treat you kind of
1: exactly so thank you very much because that four sentence email was very helpful for me
0: <laughs> yes there you go the four sentences was yeah. much See, easier everybody's
1: <laughs> a little little different when when there's a if you have a certain person and you have a page of information they uh, an executive decision maker might not uh, that might not resonate with them
0: oh definitely they're gonna be like oh last time i emailed yeah. this one <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, we all struggle from time to time. Can you share a little bit about a time where you s- hit a wall, so to speak, or faced a big challenge? What happened and how did you resolve that challenge? Did you have any lessons that you learned?
1: Well, I, I would say first, philosophically, uh, adversity is a wonderful thing. Once you recognize that it's just uh, one way that we get presented huge opportunities uh for us and was, as long as we could figure it out what that opportunity is it's a great thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh so i would share with you i you know in thinking about that i'm trying to think you know what what would be relevant for for sharing with the the guests on our on the, on the podcast and that is is that we've had great success uh since we worked with criteria for success in Charles and Charles and Elizabeth
0: Oh man you're making me blush over here
1: <laughs> yeah well and you know here's the thing is that we had record years of sales um, every year and then this year we hit a a, a bit of a sloan block now mind you we are on another record year for sales and revenue so we're on like eight years in a row um, that's awesome however, Our goal was very audacious, and we're behind goal. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still going to have a record year. And so what I would share is that, um, uh, in, in doing that, is one, get back to the basics. And this is why the playbook is so, so important. Because in the playbook, it has, by definition, what our plays are and what the basics are. The second is focus. Uh, whatever you you focus on is where you're gonna what you're gonna bring into your life and what Absolutely. success you're gonna bring into your life.
2: Yes,
0: I can't agree with that statement anymore. <laughs>
1: uh, and then I would say the other thing about putting the basics and focus. The next thing was continue to develop people. So uh, when you develop people, you create space and opportunity for them to get more in their lives and so that means more business opportunities more business serving clients well and the fourth thing that i've shared earlier is to have both fun and then patience knowing here's the great thing about i talked about earlier is that our sales process is all science it's it's numbers it's metric driven kpis all of which we work with charles and elizabeth So we know what works. And so we don't get razzled if, you know, for a week or three months or six months, as long as we're doing the right things, we could ask ourselves, has something changed? Mm -hmm. But what we found was getting back to the basics in the playbook, focus, focusing and developing our people, then having a little patience. And now we're closing some of the biggest opportunities we have in the last two weeks, we have a $200 million opportunity and a sixty million one one that we're working on. And so That's that amazing. in itself will be, yeah. And so it's just, I would say those four things um, are, I would say, important when you come across these types of adversities or, mm-hmm. or struggles.
0: Definitely. I could could not agree with you more, especially when you said you get what you focus on. That's kind of been our mantra here for months now because we started the year kind of at a, you know, we didn't like where we were going and we had to pivot as we went into the second quarter of the year. And, you know, that's just we made it our motto. You get what you focus on. And we started focusing on the things that were the most important and getting back to the basics. And just like you said it all, that's when things come back together. we have a tendency to take on too much to, you know, get comfortable where we are and, you know, just get disorganized a little bit and not stay the task or stay the, the course. And sometimes we need to sit down and say, all right, well, what do I need to do right now to pivot? Things aren't going the way that I thought that they were going to go. And it's not until you sit down that you're going to, you know, really have your own personal breakthroughs. But in doing that, that's the first step to being able to solve that problem. So thank you yeah. for your tips. That was, that was awesome. And kind of speaking you
1: welcome you're... <laughs> go ahead. i was going to say one i would oh, add yeah, go to ahead. one thing when that people might be asking okay yeah that sounds good but how do you get focus and that's where i would share the power of questions
2: mhm
1: what you focus on you feel and what you feel is what you become so that'll translate into the, the actions that you do but to develop the focus it comes back to the power of questions because your focus is a thought, and thoughts are created by the questions that you ask yourself. If you ask yourself an empowering question, how can I drive sales going into the second half?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What else could I do? What else is a good question we, we use here a lot? What else could we do? How can I do this and have fun? How could I develop people to do a lot of hows and what questions
2: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to why are we losing sales or why are we, why is there typically bad questions to begin with? Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Open-ended, empowering questions. And when you give that question to your mind, you're going to get really wonderful answers back. Your brain goes to work for you 24-7 and you might get this answer Maybe in the quiet time that you described, Rebecca, or it might be a day later where it's going to pop into your mind when you're either driving in the car, showering, working out, singing a song or whatever it is, as long as you pose it in an empowerful way. I love you know? that.
0: Thank you for adding those questions. That's going to be a really powerful way for our listeners to help uncover what's standing in the way and allow them to really break free from that and push forward and get what they focus on, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, of course, that was a really helpful tip. And it was all about helping people to grow, which is what this podcast is about. So my next question is kind of leads into that. And it's about CEOs, sales managers and salespeople, what can they be doing better? Now, you can either uh, respond to this separately for each different person, or if you just kind of have something in general. But how do you think that those listening in our audience, what can they do to be better? at what they're, they're already doing what they're doing now, how can they take it to the next level?
1: So I think there's probably a lot of different approaches to do this. I I would share some of my go-to approaches that I have found to be successful. One is I always enjoy and love this idea of being curious and this curiosity for growth. And so I I've seen the power in my own life and in so many other lives, this idea of growth and the potential that we have in the unimagined possibilities that we have as human beings. And so what I do and would offer for, the, for our group today is to rededicate yourself by pulling off your bookshelf or wherever you keep your books, your favorite all-time development book and reread it again With a new, you know, perspective or with new things that are happening in one's life, if you read a book 10 or 15 years ago, uh, and you might not have reread it, or even if you read it a year ago, it's like you're going to get new perspectives, thoughts that come out of it. So I think that is a fun way. It's like, oh, this is speaking to me in a new way, and now I'm going to apply that.
0: Yeah. I, that's, uh, it's funny other, you say that. I've got two books that I was thinking about over the weekend. You know, I really wish, I really wish I uh, you know remembered this. I should reread that book. Which one of them was How to Win Friends and Influence People? I've been wanting to reread that. Dale yeah,
2: Carnegie. It's been
0: forever since I read that book. And then the other yeah. one is The Purpose Driven Life. I read ten years ago. I don't think I've read it again since. And I really just you know I had a moment where I was like, I, I really should be jumping back into some of this, the stuff that got me to where I am now, you know, so that's great advice. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to go home when I get home and find those books. I know one of them's where one of them is. I'll have to find the other one, but they're there.
1: And then, (laughs) yeah, the second thing I would say, you need to be that role model for growth. And so I purposely hired uh, coaches to coach me so I could show that, sometimes in our society, for some reason, if you get a coach, you got a problem. So I wanted to make sure that people (laughs) realize that coaches are great. Mm -hmm. Funny, you know, professional athletes all have coaches and many successful people in life have coaches But sometimes there's a stigma assigned to the other. So as an example of that, and then you always be growing. So I invested uh, in myself and got certified Uh, with the Gallup organization to be a strength-based coach. So folks that know Gallup, they have the strength finder, and that's another approach to developing talent. And so to show how important it is, I added that whole suite to my toolbox.
0: Awesome. Those were great tips and very helpful for each type of person on here. Like anyone can benefit from whether you're a CEO, you're a sales manager, you're a salesperson, I love that. You know, having, a, having those staples, having a mentor, um, going back into old books or even starting with some new ones, which actually that's my next question. Yeah. What are your favorite books, sales or business growth books? Do you have any books that you just really love and want to push forward the mission of?
1: Uh, that, that's going to be really easy. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll confine it. So if you were to come into my office, um, and you know, living our life is pretty easy. People know where you are and who you are. Uh, like I said, your checkbook, they look at your Outlook calendar. So when they see I'm in uh, at the uh, Strengths Coach for a whole week, wow, that must be important. <laughs> and if you come into my office, I have three shelves of Uh, personal growth and development books, and I loan them out all the time. Uh, Some of my favorites, and and this is the other thing, you just gotta find one that resonates with you, Um, and success.com is a great place to go, so you can find lots of different authors. I love Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Anthony Robbins, uh, but I'll give you a couple of books. My all-time favorite go-to, is Napoleon Hill and the 17 Principles of the Science of Personal Achievement, and that is uh, an unbelievable book. Napoleon Hill wrote this Mm -hmm. back in the 20s. And it is the foundation of every other book or author that you're going to read.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Napoleon Hill is amazing. That is, yeah. So this will be in our show notes also for those listening. And you can find that, again, com slash pod105. If you want to uh, grab that book, we'll have a link for you there. Yep. Any others? And then,
1: yep. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, 12 Pillars, Jim Ron. You're a Badass by Jim Sincero.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Um that is a fun one and that one uh my wife and I are uh share lots of different things together and uh so she turned me on to that one and that's a uh uh more of a modern day and it'll make you laugh so Cool. Jen, I have Cicero. seen
0: that book so many yeah. times and I haven't I haven't picked that one up yet so now I'm gonna gonna check that out.
1: Yes, You Are a Badass, or You Are a Badass Making Money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Funny, I, or I find it funny. Good humor. <laughs> cool. uh, and then I also, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra.
2: Awesome. Awesome. So
1: cool. those are just a few, but it's, um, and then for those folks that are in a coaching role, one of the books I really like is Unleashed. The Leader is Coach. Okay. And that will elevate your relationship with anyone that you're coaching. Um, It's a wonderful read and application, and we use that as the – everybody that coaches reads that book, and we go through book studies and book applications on that so you could coach and mentor other people.
0: Fantastic, well that's great. That is the place to get started then. It sounds like for a lot of people, if they wanna get into coaching and mentoring and you know, start, start, that sounds like a good place for them to start? Yeah. Okay, cool, I like it. Again, I will throw all those in there. We've got a lot here. We've got the 17 principles, Think and Grow Rich. The It was the three pillars I think you mentioned after Think and Grow well, Rich. 12 pillars. Oh, man. I was was off by too many pillars. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's 12. You're a badass. We've got the seven spiritual laws of success and unleashed is the last one, right? Did I get all that down? Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, now, of course. We have already been talking a lot about sales playbooks and, of course, CFS. We always talk about sales playbooks because that's what we do. But we're always looking for useful tips that sales managers, CEOs, salespeople can share in their sales playbooks, especially for our Calavia clients and our sales playbook clients that are already in playbooks that are listening. So, Doug, what is one actionable tip that our listeners might consider adding to their playbook?
1: Boy, I thought you would know by now I can't just stick with one. It might have to return. Um,
0: <laughs> or two or three. Hey, okay. I, I will well, give you I'm free. There. You can tell me as many uses as you want because you use the playbook every single day, right? I mean, this is part of yeah. your, your culture. This is part of your living and breathing what you do. So you're going to have great stuff. Wow.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So I, I would share So a couple of at top level philosophical before I get into mechanics, which is how the playbook of course is laid out. Mm -hmm. And that is, is that this has changed our life, our business, our success here at Cornerstone. And that has resulted in benefits to our our clients We serve our clients better. Um, We offer more services than we ever did before. It's better for our employees because they have more opportunities now than they ever had before. We keep adding uh, folks and positions and it's been great for our shareholders. We're an employee-owned company. uh, And like I said, we've had record number of years of growth. And last December, um, if you were at our shareholder uh, gallery party, people were just giddy because of the financial impact and how well we're working as 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 a company. And so I can't say enough good things about what this has done for our organization over the past several years. Some of the things that Rebecca shared, though, it must be a living, breathing document. And so what's interesting is that my sentences start like this, in our playbook, and so does everybody else. It's funny when you're in a coaching session, people now start their sentences in our playbook because everything we do is in our playbook, from client servicing to business development. Like I said, it's just a continuum. Uh, I talk about the playbook in our fir- my first meeting when we're looking to bring people on board here at Cornerstone, and they are amazed that we have such a detailed and dedicated process to business development and serving clients. And they wanna be part of a system like that because they know that that's gonna to add to their success. Uh, another thing that's really, really important, I would say a must add, uh, it, it, I think it's part of the playbook, but we've expanded on it in a great deal, is that having an onboarding process for new hires, and the way that we've expanded that, is everybody has a role to play uh, in our onboarding process. And so we, when we bring on board a new salesperson, we call it a client manager, every client manager takes one aspect of the playbook their responsibility is again to reread it become proficient at it and teach it the new hire's responsibility is to look at the view the old webinar or the original webinar on it read Mm -hmm. the section then both of them get together coach it and role practice and then they have a responsibility to go out and do it live with either a client An opportunity for a center of influence and so that's been really really important I would say in making it a living breathing document you have to constantly add so Mm -hmm. uh, and update material which we, we do we love the deal document if, if yes. call it a deal. Doc.
0: Awesome. I'm glad that you mentioned that the deal document yeah. is a fun one. And for those listening, if you actually want to grab a free ebook on deal, we've got that. I'll throw that in the show notes too. Then, then everyone yeah. will know what we're talking about. Cause right now, okay, <laughs> we're and like so, deal. Yes, deal. But uh,
1: yeah, our, yeah. our opportunities, our future clients love it because what it does is it, really hits clients in that, wow, you really listened to what I said, because we put down in the deal document, this follow-up document that has our commitments to them, what we're asking for them, and what the next steps are, is that we put down in that communication what they actually say in quotes. And so, and we actually do something about it. So we created this new document, which is called what to expect in your first year. And that's a, a follow-on to the deal document, and uh, it has been terrific in us differentiating ourselves from the competition. So those are some things that I would share that have been really, really uh, important in what we've done uh, with the playbook.
0: That's awesome, Doug. Thank you for sharing that. that. I see. I knew you would have a lot of different things to talk about but I didn't I didn't know which ones that you I didn't know which aspects you were going to go for I love that onboarding coaching and mentoring and then of course deal is as we have been talking a, a great one but thank you and thank you for all of your kind words about the playbook and and working with CFS we've loved working with Cornerstone and we love you guys so thank you
1: Yep. <laughs> th- I go ahead yeah I was going to say the feelings mutual. Like I Aww. said, it's been great. We have our our client managers um, have developed relationships with Elizabeth and, and Charles, and they always bounce things off of them. And so we're always raising our game in, in doing it. So it's you know we we've gotten to the point, and this is I would say a positive thing is uh, we've got to the point where and no. Uh, um, Negative to criteria for success, but we've got to the point where we don't call it the CFS playbook. We did that for a number of years. (laughs) Yes, and it's not even
0: called the CFS playbook anymore. We finally gave it a name, which is Calavia. Calavia is the name, but what do you guys call your playbook?
1: Our cornerstone playbook.
0: There you go. Make it unique. And actually, that's something that we encourage all of our clients to do is to make it unique, make it work for you. So some of our clients like to name their playbooks, you know, X company sales playbook. Um, But now we, as I just mentioned, have kind of rebranded it to have its own branding and its own thing. So it doesn't feel so much to other people like it's it's us. It's not about criteria for success. It's about the client. And it's about them building a playbook that works for them. So I love that you guys named it the Cornerstone Sales Playbook. That is, that's awesome. And that, that makes yeah. me happy to hear. Yeah. Well, man, this has been awesome, Doug. Thank you so much for being here today. Do you have you any, are
1: welcome.
0: <laughs> do you have any last words? you have any uh, last things that you want to pass on to the world?
1: Well, I do hope that, this, that the folks that have been on the cast have found that it is of value to them. Uh, one of the things that we did do is we went out to speak to other professionals to see how we could add value to their lives and actually shared with them some of the elements that are in the playbook and how they could apply it in growing their own business. And so I'm a big believer if you haven't figure that out, that in being of value and serving others, you increase the bounty in your own lives to bring good things into your own life. And so, uh, like yourself, if anybody has follow-up items, uh, Rebecca could easily put you in touch with me. I would be glad to be of help to anybody uh, to the extent that that would make a positive impact in your lives.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Doug. You're welcome. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to today's show. Again, you can find the show notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com/pod105. And be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be continuing the conversation about coaching and mentoring with a special ebook interview episode. And of course, don't forget to tune in on Friday for an inspiration from Jack Welch. All month, we're writing about co- coaching and mentorship on the CFS blog, so be sure to check that out at criteriaforsuccess.com slash blog. And if you're loving Let's Talk Sales, please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your ratings and reviews help us so much, and we really appreciate it. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by myself here, Rebecca Toomey, Ariana Miskell, and Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling.